Hey Brightsiders, I'll keep this one short, sweet, and to the point. This episode is the bright side of being legally blind. That's legally blind, not legally blonde, which is a fun film, which I didn't always enjoy. But you know what? Sometimes you grow up and realize you were just a bitch. But you know what? That's a tangent, and you know this show is all about that. But again, back to my point. Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Fred's BS. That's BS for breads and spreads, not bullshit. And if you go on over to fredsbs.com, you can get 20% off your first order by using promo code Brightside. So grab a snack and enjoy special guest Tamara Brown, who is part of Liquid Feet with Dave Child, who does the lovely theme song, which is featured in several episodes of Mrs. Brightside, including this one. So why don't you enjoy this one and go check out Liquid Feet. They've got a new music video, guys. Enjoy. Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Pink Honey Collective, the leading self-care brand in the CBD industry with a mission to provide high-quality CBD goodies for all of the busy bees who believe in holistic healing. You can grab your bath, beauty, and wellness products for you and your pet at www.pinkhoneycbd.com and get 20% off with code BRIGHTSIDE. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pink Honey CBD and Pink Honey Collective. That's promo code BRIGHTSIDE, one word, at PinkHoneyCBD.com. It's Mrs. Brightside. Uh, open up the curtains, look outside. What's outside? It's Mrs. Brightside. All right, guys, you're listening to Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full. It's your CBT on CBD. All right, I'm getting that without fucking it up. I just want to pat myself on the back there. But, you know, as I say, this isn't about patting myself on the back. It is about talking to people about the bright side of stuff. So um, I'll have my guest introduce herself and say why she's here. Hi, I'm Tamara Mm -hmm. Brown, and... I am a comedian, is that what most people say? Yeah, I'm okay. like, that's how I just always say, I'm just like comedian. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all in, it's all encompassing. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want need to go into uh, specifics, uh, but yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. I also have a comedy dance troupe called Liquid Feet, so I'm a woman about town. Yeah, and you guys, uh, we've had other people from Liquid Feet on here, like Dave Child, who uh, does the theme song for this show, because I told him I was cutting out the one he made and always using it, but, uh, and so yeah, it's funny, I've done a few other little bit ones, but I I think I still like Dave's the best. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think the episode, I listened to, uh, I think, Lindsay Ames' episode, Yeah. did it have, maybe it didn't, I didn't notice Dave. I think that one is me singing uh, No More Mrs. Bright's. Uh, like which is my Alice Cooper cover Uh, parody Um, so yeah sometimes I have a few other songs but yeah yeah. most of them I I like to keep the Dave one because it's just funny I keep having the killers Mr. Brightside run through my head it's one of those things that I've I've worked on a parody for that that I'm thinking about you know actually recording and and putting because other people are like why is that not your theme song and I'm like (laughs) well because I have to I'm not I, even though I have a guitar, I don't really know how to play it, and I, I can write a parody, but I have to use, like, karaoke music. Yeah. Because like, getting people to actually do stuff for free is, is difficult. If oh. I don't feel, if, if I could pay people, I would, and I hate to ask other people for things. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We're all yeah. running on fumes as far as, 
I need an editor and a sound person who's willing to do it for free. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, I do this because I can do this by myself. I'm like, I got a microphone. I've got people who want to talk about the bright side that, you know, as I say, I reach out to you on Facebook. I mean, and that's how a lot of these come about. It's just like, you know what? I like what you said in this comedy group. I'm going to ask you to do this thing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. And then and that was what was interesting because, uh, and that was why I thought about you because I'm like, oh, yeah, you're in Dave's dance troupe. And, um, or Dave's in my dance troupe. Yeah, that's true. I was like, who? It, it is like a you know a group effort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just happened to, to know Dave uh, from Afterbus first. So we'll oh, yeah. I'm an Afterbus yeah. person too. Yeah, I didn't know you were. Yeah, like um, I don't do Afterbus anymore. I mm-hmm. sort of stepped out of the cult, as I put it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, my favorite show was the one I did with Dave, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which oh, I still okay. watch the show, but it's one of those things that, I don't know, you, you're there. You, you see how it is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't do any of the, like, um, like yeah. the show shows anymore. Yeah. I do, um, every Tuesday we do a political panel called the Trump Report, and so know. we just talk about the, the politics of the week, and I really like that because it... I mean, I read the news every morning anyway, but it makes me, um, like a couple of the people that are on the panel, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be the funny one on the panel. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if that actually reads because, you know, it's hard for me personally to uh, inject comedy when we're uh, talking about, you know, taking children away from their parents at the border. But um, we do like a, we do like a weekend update style jokes at the beginning and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So anyway, I really enjoy doing that every week. So that keeps me glued to After Buzz TV. And that's great. Cause that's one of the few things there that is like more original content based. And that was sort of the reason that I sort of left to sort of do my own thing was because so much of it is just based around a show, which I love TV. I mean, you're in my house, you see I spend a lot of money and time on useless TV crap or movies or whatever it is, which I love that. But I moved out here to make my own stuff. And I'm like, I love, I, I, I still tweet about uh, General Hospital. I mean, that's where I started it after post was the soap opera flock. But it's one of those things that I'm like, wait, I, I wanted to step away before I became the person that talks about stuff as opposed to the person who creates right. stuff. And as I was saying, I was like, yeah. I'm glad to know that you do, like, one of the shows there that is about creating content. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, because, like, yeah, a lot of people on yeah. that network are specifically want to be hosts. And yeah. like, that's what they want to be doing. So Yeah, and that is the thing. is like, it, it's a completely different ballgame. And I, I always wanted to be a host, but, like, Jimmy Kimmel or Adam Carolla, like, yeah, yeah. you know, more like you're <laughs> blending with the, the comedy in there. And, if the audience hasn't noticed, yeah. we don't have a female to reference as far as late night hosts, but... Latisha, yeah. maybe you'll be the first. Well, and, and the sad thing is, is like, the, the few hits we've had almost seem like they picked them because they knew they wouldn't succeed to a degree, or they picked them because mm. it's like, okay, this is on cable, they have a niche, it's whatever. And it was one of those things that it's like, yeah, uh, there are plenty of capable women who should be in late night, and mm-hmm. it's amazing to me that, say for example, with the NBC block, why not Amy Poehler? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, she's was... one of those people that I'm like, she would be good enough to really be in that block there and every relatable to enough people. And, and yeah, I know the new woman that got picked up, I can't even think of her name, but, and a lot of that is 
they're, it looks like they're going for the younger market because it's like a YouTube star. And it's one of those mm-hmm. things that I'm like, I went to the Stephen Colbert panel here. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest person there and I'm 30. <laughs> so that was why I'm, I'm a little like, are they setting this up to fail? But yeah. you know what? They could surprise me. And it's one of those things that I'm like, late night's an old man's game. It really is. But That's pe- a good point. And two, to me, people forget. Old men don't dislike women. It's just they have to find something to relate to. And it'd be great to pull more people in the late night market, but you kind of, you have to serve the audiences there and bring it in at the same time. And I feel like that's always been the problem. Because even like, you know, with other, you know, even men who haven't succeeded as well, they're not as relatable. Like I like Conan, but Conan is probably the least relatable person in late night. He's a Harvard guy. Oh, like, really? You know, and and I you mean like his content on the show? Well, I just mean him personally. Him more. personally, and, and his content is, as I say, I enjoy it, but yeah. I understand why he doesn't fit as much on the network as opposed to. Like, I think he's more absurd. Like yeah. I, I like. I think out of all of yeah. the late night, I I like best. Conan and Colbert. I think those two yeah, are Colbert my favorite. Colbert is my favorite. I can't yeah. stand uh, Jimmy Fallon. That yeah. show is just so um, dad, he, like lame dad yeah. humor. I mean, like as you're saying, yeah. it's an old man's game. So I yeah. guess you could say it's all dad humor. But like that show, I don't like at all. And I'm <laughs> and um, I don't really, I haven't really watched the other ones too much. But anyway, I like Colbert and... Um, and Conan. Yeah, and it's like, I, I like Kimmel a lot, because i that's somebody I grew up in. I've like, seen his whole career. Have you so watched like, yeah. um, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj? Oh, uh, no. That's, mm. on, that's on Netflix. And mm. that, that show is so great, but um, it is, it's heady. Like, it makes me feel yeah. stupid watching it. But, I, I mean, I, I like that. I appreciate it. But, like, I feel like... I feel like I need to be taking notes as I'm watching it, even more so than John Oliver. Oh, I love John Oliver. Yeah, John too. Oliver. Yeah. John Oliver is one of those people that he's so good, and even though he's one of those that he really should have been the Daily Show host, even though he's British talking yeah. about American politics, because he's actually way more relatable and like just because he's a little bit absurdist like Conan, but he's still at least enough of a layman versus the Harvard sort of, like, headier stuff that, mm-hmm. you you know, and he's a good balance. Like, but as I say, you know, his own, sh- he's got his own show and his own brand, so it's like, you know what, good for him. And yeah. Then, yeah. It's like, as I say, there's, there's a lot of good people out there, and because we have so much content, it is, like, we have a thing, but there are certain areas that just haven't hit that diverse market yet, <laughs> I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how do I say this is the best way? I'm like, there's still some areas that could use improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard, not to well, stay on this topic for too yeah. long, but um, I heard on um, NPR the other day was an interview with Wyatt Sinek, and he, he, you know, he had been on The Daily Show. I think he has his own show now on, is it H, is, I think it's on HBO, um, but Wyatt, um, uh, he was pointing out that until we, until the executives, until the network executives get more diverse, then it won't trickle as quickly into actual content because, you know, when the majority of executives are white males, then they're putting their own lens, you well, know. And, and, and too, sadly, the, the few executives sometimes that are female don't want to promote women as well because I've noticed that because, uh, you know, even when I was starting out, like with NBC in certain places, I'm like, there are women, but... I went to a diversity showcase and they picked two women, one of which was a little girl, 
And it was an all-woman panel at this comedy showcase. And uh-huh. I'm like, and there were pretty good women there. Like, I, I would have even picked some over me. I mean, I'm being objective. I'm uh-huh. like, no, these this woman should have got it. And it, 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 and so I think that's what sometimes we like to believe. It's always white men keeping us down. But sometimes it's our own gender, too. Because, yeah. I mean, and that's why I, I may not have always liked Chelsea Handler's style. But that was what I loved about her is that... She went out of her way to put women on her show and and help women, you know, so they didn't have to uh, have sex with uh, e-executives to get a show. (laughs) And that that was my thing is I'm like, you know, she did the right thing, which is great. And that's, and too, it's like you shouldn't help people just because you share sex organs. That's not what I'm saying. You should Mm -hmm. help people because it's kind of the right thing to do. Hire the best people. And sometimes the best people may not be like you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm like, I get way too into late-night politics. Um, <laughs> but as you said, you love politics, and, and this business is all about politics. But yep. that's why I'm here to talk about the bright side of stuff. And you had an interesting topic you wanted to bring. Yeah, yeah well, I I, uh, I feel like I'm, to find the bright side of it is a little bit, uh, I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging. But me personally, um, so I am legally blind. I've been visually impaired since birth, and um, it's always been part of my life and part of who I am. But I've never, I, I'm sort of in a place right now in comedy, but also just in life of being more comfortable, like talking about it and and mentioning it. Because most people either don't know, or if they do know, they know like, oh, I know she can't see very well, but I don't really you know, know the extent of it, she just chooses not to wear glasses for some reason, you know, whatever, I'm not really, you know, like, yeah. it's just kind of this thing, you know, like, I don't drive because of my vision, but I think most people just think I'm, I just can't afford a car or something, I don't know, which, I mean, <laughs> I can't afford a car anyway, either, but uh, that's not why hey, I, 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 I don't drive. Hey, at least you have a good reason. I know a lot um, of people out here in LA that don't drive simply because they're insane, so, like, and it's yeah. probably a good thing they don't drive, but at least... But yeah. but I, I don't like the image that yeah. not, I think only, it's sad that only recently the mm-hmm. image of not driving is changing, because I... In applying for jobs, yeah. so many jobs in the job description require will you require you to have a car. Yeah. Have a car when, it, when you don't need it, like obviously if you're a PA yeah. or Postmates or something where obviously you need a car in order to perform the job, but so many jobs you're, 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 not, you're an office assistant and it insists on having you have a car only because they don't think you're a reliable person otherwise, yeah. and that's really insulting and it's also really classist too. Well, you know? and two, you're legally blind you don't have a car because it's hard for you to even obtain a license. Like I can't, to me that's I cannot get a license. Yeah. I mean there's no there's no possible yeah, way right. I could operate a motor vehicle. And that there's to no me possible way. Is why it would be great if people looked at things in a more case by case gray area basis because to me it's like it's actually more responsible of you not to have a car yeah. to do all that. Yeah. When we know there are people that would do that. Like and you're like cuz yeah, my grandpa should not be driving and it's not because of his age, but he's blind in one eye. And, like, when we were kids, it would scare the crap out of us, like, because he has no peripheral vision. And you're just like, yeah, let Nanny drive. <laughs> and especially yeah. now, I mean, with Uber and Lyft, like, you're yeah. never, you yeah, know. Yeah, you can get places I so lived, easy. I lived in L.A. Yeah. when I always knew, like, in a pinch, well, mm-hmm. I guess I'm spending $50 on a cab ride home tonight yeah. because the bus, you know, something, you know, something happened. The, before, I mean, I've been in L.A. Yeah. forever, so, like. I remember before, you know, before you had GPS on your phone and I would just be stranded somewhere, you know, things like that. Like, 
That'd be terrifying. Like, because to me, it's like, I still, I mean, I'm pretty good with directions. And I'm, as I say, I'm very controlling. But even then, it's like, if your GPS quits working and you, when I first moved here, I'm like, where the fuck am I? Like, <laughs> I don't think it was so much terrifying yeah. as it was because I, I, I'm so, I was always so determined to like, you know, come, coming to Los Angeles, the very first, we talked about how, um, as, as I got here, yeah. we, we talked about how I was here in college. Um, and they, like the very first thing they said is like, oh, you need a car in LA. Yeah. And I was like. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm, I, I've always been such the person that's like, I'm going to, okay, that's that's what you may think for most people, but not me. And so when I would be stranded or something, I'd be like, well, if I care about comedy, I have to get to this comedy show, so I'm going to do everything that I can to get there. So that's, it wasn't ever like, you know, oh no, what am I going to do? It was always just kind of like, I <laughs> I have to do this, so I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah, that, that, like, is, so, like, honestly really inspiring and makes me feel like a piece of shit because there have been plenty of times where I'm like, I'm not going out of the <laughs> valley to go do comedy. Yeah, it, it took a long time. Like, I would do such, in, in my 20s especially, yeah. I would do such insane things to, like, you know, people who would do, like, you know, two or three shows, mics, mics and shows a night, and I'd be like, all right, well, i got to keep up with them. I've got to do it, too, yeah. you know? And then, like, as I got older, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't need to be breaking my back. It's not doing me any favors. Yeah. So so at the same time, as determined as I am and always have been, I also have gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, it's fair to be reasonable, too, you know? Yeah, and that that's a good place to get, but it's like at least you had that tenacity. And, two, I think that is one of the bright sides of looking at it because it was harder for you being legally blind, unable to obtain a license, get around in L.A., you were more determined to prove them wrong and say you don't need a car. And, and to me, it's one of those things that, honestly, without struggle, as we see with it, the millennial generation, is like these people don't learn these skills. I mean, oh my you know. god, I went, <laughs> I went to this. Um, so like, I do a lot of storytelling yeah. shows sometimes, and um, I'm gonna do Unheard LA, which is a, um, a it's through KPCC and our local NPR yeah. affiliate. Um, but they had this like dinner of, um, with like past speakers who have done the show before and, um, the producers of it wanted to get like everybody's feedback on like how they can improve the show. And so people were saying things like, like some of the storytellers were like really nervous in front of, um, audiences and they were like, is there a way that, you know, we could have, I don't know, like people were throwing out like just common, like, oh, maybe if I was, could I use notes instead of just having to memorize it? Or could I, you know, like they were suggesting things like this so one girl who was, I think she was 21 or 22, she goes, um, can you, can you tell us how to get to the show? And the producers are like so gentle, like it's yeah. a very NPR crowd where they're like falling over <laughs> themselves to be polite. And so they're like, yes, yeah. oh, absolutely. Now, um, what do you mean how to get to the show? And she's like, yeah, um, well, like me and my friends, when it was my turn to do the show, I just, I just didn't know how to get there. And I was like do you have GP, you know how to use GPS? And she's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, but like, what time am I supposed to leave? And I was like, are you, are Asking you stuff kidding that you me? can literally look do you on not, your phone for? Do you, how yeah. do you live your life? Yeah. Like, do you not know how to function? Like, so many times I'll hear, like, um, like some of my older friends who actually have kids who are like 21 or 22, they'll be like, oh, I still make all of their doctor's appointments mm -hmm. and things like that. I'm like, Oh my God, when I was 20 years old, I had an apartment in Los Angeles, like living on, I just can't imagine like your, your parents are still 
making your doctor's appointments at 20 years old? I don't know. Yeah, like, I literally don't understand it, but I've met so many people. And to me, it was one thing when I lived in Dallas, which is a little bit, like, it's a little big city, but it's a little, like, safer, suburbia, most people still kind of live there that have lived there their whole life, or at least in the burbs or whatever. So you kind of understand how these people might not have developed skills. But you're in L.A., and most, and some of these kids... Their parents don't live here. They may send them money and do all that. But I'm like, how do you get from one place to another? Like, to even... Because, and as I'll say, that's how I know they're all full of shit. Because they get to auditions just fine. <laughs> but when it comes to anything that is that they don't deem reasonable, they're going to bug someone else to, like, give them all the information. Yeah. And you're like, I know you're capable. And also, this is not... Yeah, I, know. I keep hearing people blame, yeah. like, this is millennials, and this is not the millennial generation. This is mm-hmm. the younger generation that has not been named yet. So... Well, well some of it. Because I'm like, oh, some of the people I'm talking about would be considered millennials that yeah. I like it. Well, yeah. and as I've said, what's funny about millennials is that we're all products of our baby booming parents and we're all about to become them. Or at least those of us who aren't aware of what we're doing. Because I'm like, guess what, guys? All your little protesting and and this stuff. Guess what? Your parents did that shit, too. Like, oh, oh, your little protesting. I was going to say, I Hello. thought you were, like, Hello. diminishing the civil rights movement. Yeah, no. It's like, little protest. No, because as I say, like, the bit not more and more, like, into yeah, yeah. kind of what was going on there. But it is one of those things that it's like, eh, no, civil rights, that was a good thing. <laughs> like, but there is a lot of stuff that I'm like, because as I say, I'm a big fan of Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. And I listen to a lot of them talk about how, like, this is basically repeating the 70s. And I've always oh. been fascinated by points in history where it's clear we're repeating ourselves. And what's funny to me about this is I'm like... All my friends who hate their parents are literally becoming them. And it's so funny. Because, like, even on, like, sitcoms and wise, like, you realize, like, how much that's similar. And that's why I'm like, the millennials are just the baby boomers. Like, there's not really that big of a difference. Like, we have a little bit more technological advancement, but that's because we've had the tools. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. Like Mrs. Brightside? Well, the PodCoin app pays you to listen to this podcast and every podcast. It's the podcast player that pays. Yes, that's very difficult to say. Just get the PodCoin app on iPhone or Android. It's free and super easy to use. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards and donate to charity. It literally is amazing. It turns your podcast listening into charity, or if you like, just get some Amazon or Starbucks gift cards. I don't judge. I use the PodCoin app to do all my podcast listening now, and I love it. Go get it on the App Store or Google Play today. Seriously, just get the PodCoin app and use invite code BRIGHTSIDE. You'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up if you use my code. That's 300 PodCoins just for signing up if you use promo code BRIGHTSIDE. Go give the PodCoin app a try today. Mm-hmm. And you can probably draw similarities yeah. between every generation. Yeah. Into every generation, yeah. a slayer is born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, to stop the vampires, so I could do the whole intro of Buffy. But, you know, <laughs> oh, the Buffy tangent. But, yeah, it is one of those things that I do find funny. But it is one of the, like, these, I'm like, parents, teach your kids to fend for themselves. Yeah. I was, you know, again, this is me thinking of the bright side. I guess I was lucky to have a single mom. Um, cause we just had to learn to do shit for ourselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, my brother, she still does his laundry, but I know he knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He just brings it to her. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, I'm amazed at the things. My When I was a kid, uh, my mom used to... Uh, we lived next to a, a highway, and my, my, my best friend Katie lived on the other side of the highway, and... Um, she wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Kids with normal vision weren't at all allowed to cross it on their bike. But I wanted to go when I wanted to go over to my friend's house. My mom was like, "Are you sure you can do this?" And I was like, "Yes, I can do it." And she had to put that much trust in me <sighs> that I was able to do it. And even as an adult, I'm like, "Wow, I can't believe she did that." But like, that is why I am the self-sufficient person that I am. And you know, because of those things, I think parents of kids with a disability are a little bit harder on them or I in my opinion should be because of the fact that you can't expect for anybody to take care of them so you know you need to be able to do things on your own always and and be self-sufficient and stuff yeah like comedian Brad Williams who if most people if you're familiar with him he is a dwarf and that is what he prefers to be called so I'm using the term Brad likes to be called because this is about Brad I just want to make that clear (laughs) For PC listeners, which probably by the, this episode you quit listening to this podcast a little bit, because it is one of those things, because he's like, someone once corrected me that was a tall person, as I would say, uh, to say, say little person. And he's like, I get to say what I yeah. want. But he said, like, his dad, who was, you know, as he puts it, a tall person, he's like, he made fun of me my whole life to make sure... I could just clap back. He goes, that's the reason I'm a comedian is because he's like, people are going to do this anyway. And it was good. And he goes, my dad is the reason I am this guy today. And it was a good thing that he like, he, he was making fun of me before kids at school would so that by the time they would, I was able to come back with something funny and be able to like sort of take care of myself in that moment. And he's like, you know, and he wouldn't help me. Like I had to figure out how to get things down. Like, cause you know, I'm a dwarf and he's like, he goes, that's why the greatest thing to do is when I get on a plane and people like are like, how's this guy going to get his um, suitcase up in the bin? And he's like, and I do it every time. And that's because my dad made me. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do that if he taught, you know, t- uh, treated me with kid gloves. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, I like that. Because, too, it's like, to some people that sounds horrible. And, and but I'll say it's no. like that's why your kids are horrible. I don't think it sounds horrible. I think it sounds. I think the opposite yeah. is horrible. But of I course, know. I'm saying I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to be I'm, harsh. I'm just yeah. saying this from my own yeah. experience and perspective. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, to to do everything for somebody to me sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. That's just me. I'm, like, I'm glad that? we're on the same page because <laughs> it is one of those things that it's like I know there's a lot of people out there that are like my parents don't do everything for me, and I'm like. You're 30. <laughs> Does he talk about being yeah. a dwarf on stage? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, that's, that's, I mean, it's one of those things you have to call it out. It's just like me. It's like, yes, my name is clearly more suited for a black person. I get that like, all the time. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's People, like, black comics yeah. will always introduce me and then say, I thought she was black before I met her, <laughs> Tamara Brown. You know, I, yeah. I get that all the time. And that's me. I was wondering if you get that all the time, too. Oh, yeah. It's Lucretia Lyon. Like, my first name has always been, you know, considered that. But, like, my last name, too. I noticed most people I know with that last name were black. 
Um, but then Empire, and you know, I guess now it's safe to talk about Empire again. But <laughs> I love Empire. Yeah. I actually watch that show, and like nobody I know, <laughs> nobody I, I, I know watches it. I, I love could, Empire. Yeah, I liked the first two seasons, but I will say, like, it just took a turn, and I was just like, all right, there's too much out there. It's it's a well, it's a soap. Yeah. I was just about yeah. to say it's a soap opera Which for sure. But you like soap opera? Yeah. yeah, and that was the thing is I love me some cookie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I love Taraji Henson. Yeah, I love Chris Rock's stint on there because it's funny because it, it it's the whole thing. And some people even forget because they did it really subtly, but it's pretty obvious this is what he did. Um, my brother always said if he ever went to prison, he'd just eat somebody first day because no one's going to fuck with a cannibal. <laughs> and, like, Chris Rock's character, they allude to the fact that he was a fucking cannibal in prison. And you're like, whoa. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I, I know it's I very subtle because other people are like, wait, what? And I'm like, no, watch <laughs> the one with them again. Like, yeah, yeah I eat I somebody first I didn't day. catch that detail. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I loved his part, and I loved the girl that played his daughter, the oh, rapper, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, I, I, so yeah, I, that's why I thought I'd talk about this on the podcast because I'm trying to get more yeah. comfortable bringing it up. And yeah, because I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like the hardest part is not the driving. The hardest part is that so much of what we do in comedy is networking, yeah. you know? And when I walk into a room, my best friend could be standing six feet away from me and I have no idea that they're there, yeah. you know? Like I can't see faces until somebody is standing like, right next to me so you know it's hard for, like I can't just be a so I'm I'm I, I think I'm an outgoing person but I think a lot of people think I'm shy for that reason that like they I can't just approach people I have to kind of um because people aren't always that friendly especially no, in the comedy world people no, are especially competitive and for no reason people yeah. won't tend to just walk yeah. up to you and oh, yeah. say hi so I have I've developed like uh, mechanics and uh, to, you know, I'm very good with voices. Like, I can recognize people's voices, you know, after having met them, like, once or twice and whatever. I have different techniques, but, like, it, sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just, you know, a lot of these shows that we do are in a completely dark bar and, you know, I can barely, like, assess where the steps are in the table. So I'm, like, focusing all of my energy on that and then saying, like, I hope somebody recognizes me and will come up, <laughs> yeah. or otherwise I'm going to be sitting here by myself for an hour. And sometimes that happens, too. And then I'm sure people are like, oh, Tamara's kind of awkward or something, you know, like that. But that's the kind of stuff that I, for the longest time, I would beat myself up about because, I, because I've developed so many tricks growing up of how to deal with this and that, I've been like, I just haven't cracked the code yet to figure out, you know, how I'm supposed to... Um, you know, maneuver this situation. And part of the things that I've been, you know, going through right now is to just like sort of like acceptance and just being like, you know what, it's, that's just going to be how it is. Some people are going to get the wrong idea from me and I can just accept that, you know, and just sort of be like, it's actually very um, freeing a little yeah. bit to, to just not stress myself out about it anymore, you know, so... I would say that is as far as in, in, in the in the comedy world is probably the biggest hurdle for me. Yeah, because like you say, it really does all come down to networking. And especially here in LA where the only way to get stage time is just straight up ask for it. Mm -hmm. Um and especially because it's like there there is this misnomer that LA is this great scene to start stand up. 
Honestly, it's probably the worst place. Oh, no. And, and I'm, I'm like... Who said that? Yeah, uh, like, it amazes me. Because it's like, I luckily started in Texas before coming out here. and it, But it's one of those things that, like, people come out here to do that. And I'm like, I did in sort of a way. But it's like, no, I was interviewing someone from Atlanta, and they pay their comics. Yeah. And I was like, you, you pay people to do a show? Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that, that this scene is, like, it is all about networking. And when it's so such a struggle as it is, it, but the thing is, is because there's so many of us and there are some good supportive people. And that, to me, is one of those things. The bright side, you kind of realize people, this is a case where people should be walking up to you. I mean, you are legally blind. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, if, it, if it were me and I was in the room and I see you, I'd be like... Oh, hey, I'm going to go talk to her. Yeah. Because I, and too, I have a friend, he goes to a lot of comedy, but he doesn't like to perform on stage. He's done the podcast, but I, oh, if I see him, I'm going to walk up to him because I know he is going to feel more comfortable if it's somebody like me and then he won't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And, and I wish there were more people in comedy like that that yeah. are like, okay, because yeah, we're, we all came, most of us came here alone or some way and, you know, mm-hmm. we're all a little introverted, we're introverted extra. Uh, we're extroverted introverts, I think, is the, the term they use for most comedians. Yeah, where that's true. We, we seem like we're outgoing, but we all just kind of hate people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And, um, and, and I mean, and it's my fault, too, yeah. because I've kept it so... Because for so long, it's not something that I wanted to talk about because I felt yeah. so self-conscious and I didn't want people to, like, think that they have to help me or, you know, think of me as you know, less than in some way or some somehow. And so for my entire life, I've always just, you know, glossed over and been like, no, 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 no it's just like a, this is just my like left-handedness, you know, it's just yeah. a, a, a three, you know, like, but there are times where I'm like, when it comes to scenarios such as in, a, in, in somebody's birthday party in a dark bar, I'm like, man, I wish I had let people know, you know, that yeah. that's a scenario where I'm like, it's my fault that people don't, know that they should come up to me you know yeah and that's one of the things it's like mine is not nearly as bad as yours but I'm completely deaf on the right side and I have been most of my life and so it's one of those things that honestly the bright side of that is I'm a better listener because of it and Um, I honestly wish more people had struggles and that's what I'm saying with you I'm like you seem to understand that it's helped you a lot and that's like uh, say like Brad Williams story things like that you learn and you honestly yeah. develop your other skills. I'm really a good bit with better. names because yeah. of that. Because yeah. I have to, you know, like I remember somebody's voice, I remember their name, I remember, you know, like details yeah. about them because I have to do a lot of detective. You know, like if I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, I know that I probably know this person, but I don't know, yeah. ex- I can't tell who they are exactly. So then I have to do a detective work of like, so where, remind me where you're from. And then as soon as they say where they're from, I'm like, oh, that's this person. Okay. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, they think I forgot where they're from, but the thing is, me already remembering knowing where they're from, once the, once I ask that question, it triggers, oh, okay, now I know who this person is, you know? Yeah, and too, like, that honestly, to me, would be like, okay, good, this person's just trying to figure this out, and especially being is, you can't actually see them as well, you're not going to recognize them right yeah. off the bat, and it's one of those things that people shouldn't take so personally, but some people do, I guess, but... It's one of those things, like, uh, like because I do, of mine. I do. Yeah. There's I a lot of people I know. I've met five times, and yeah. they're always like, "Oh, how you know? You, you know how some, yeah. some people like just don't. I don't know. I'm like, yes, I know. We've we've had conversations, and 
I should be the one that can't tell who I'm talking to, not you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. It, it's one of these things that sometimes I'm just like, you have those friends or people in your life you're, that you're like, I'm the one with the disability. Why can't you? Because as I say, going back, I can relate it to mine being deaf. I'm like, I get super pissed when people don't listen because it's like, it's harder for me to even understand what you're saying, especially, or like, I'll fight with people to be like sit, seated on a certain side. And like, there was a girl once that was like, and I honestly made her feel really guilty. And I'm the kind of person that was like, good. Because like, I like literally kept going on the other side of her. And like, she got mad at me. <laughs> and then she was like, why do you always want to be on that side? And I go, because I can't hear out of this ear. And she looked at me like I was the biggest jerk in the world for pointing that out. What? And I'm like, this is narcissism. <laughs> wow. I'm like, and then it was like, oh, okay. And it was like, why do you need to be on that side? Is this your best side? Like, <laughs> Mariah? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But it is funny because, like, sometimes you're like, yeah, like, this person should know me by now. Yeah. <laughs> they have no excuse. Yeah, but, yeah. Man, it's just narcissism. Yeah. It always comes back to that. Mm hmm. As I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and, and also, too, you know, as comedians, we, oh, a lot of us, depending on what your comedy style is, mm -hmm. but, like, a lot of people, you know, you're, your comedy is your own experience and you know what yeah. what you're sharing and um it's it's hard to talk whatever whatever it is that your personal story is that you feel most most vulnerable about it's hard to start a new bit you know trying yeah. out a new bit in comedy anyway if you're talking about you know whatever the cliche of airplane food or something like that like it it takes you know it can take a few attempts until you've found the right wording yeah. and, the, and the way to make it work but when you have to talk about something that's like so personal and so like you know maybe you're a little sensitive about but it just makes the art of comedy so much harder <laughs> to just be like oh, I have to say something that you know I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive about and it's gonna bomb for a while but you know what <laughs> hopefully it's heading in the right direction well, and two, it, it is a bit of a catharsis. And that's why I'll say the best comedians are the ones that are truly honest. I mean, and to me, that's honestly the only way you can be a comedian is, you know, put the joke on yourself. Like, as, you know, the Brad Williams being a dwarf. Or, mm -hmm. like, you mean blind. It's one of those things that that's the only way we hold the power. Yeah. Like, and that's the only way of taking it back. And that's, that's sort of why it's great that you got into comedy and wanted to do that. And it's one of those things that it's like... To me, this is all about healing our wounds or whatever our wound is, whether yeah. it's, you know, growing up like white trash like I did or like, you know, <laughs> I like I How about that? Oh, sweet. Where are you from? Um, Missouri, outside oh. of Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, yeah. I have family there. Um, yeah. In Kansas City and uh, St. Louis. But yeah. Yeah. Good barbecue, but not quite as good as Tala, Texas, where I'm <laughs> from. But, yeah. but like, I, uh, <laughs> I left... You know, I left yeah. when I was 17, and also my mom's family is all from... My mom's from Boston, and that's where her family oh, is, yeah. so, like, our extended family. I, I never had, like, a fam family around that area, so I also identify from Boston, and because and that's where I went to college. I spent yeah. a lot of time there growing up, and went to college there, and since I haven't lived in Missouri since I was, like, 17, I felt most at home when I moved to L.A. at 20, and so... Yeah. 
when people ask where I'm from, I just say I'm from L.A. Because it's the place that's I've put down roots, you know? Home is where you make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You like to see Absolutely. home is making? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Dirt. Oh, is that what that's <laughs> from? Yeah. I didn't get the reference. You're like, yeah. I didn't get the reference. Yeah, because he's like, home is where you make it. And he's like, what? <laughs> you, you like to see homos naked? <laughs> it's yeah. funny. And it's like, no, home is where you make it. And that's just what I'll say. Like, I spent, I left Tyler when I was 17. And, you know, it was a decent city, but we never belonged. And then I moved to Dallas. I considered that home. Now I moved here. Consider that home. Now I'm considering moving to Austin. Whatever. Oh, wow. And as I say, because home is where you make it. And uh-huh. it is what it is. And, um, you know, a lot of it, too, is, like, you got to find your tribe, your community. And it looks like, you know, because I know you do Liquid Feet with uh, Dave. And what's the other girl's name? Amber. Because there's three of you. Amber yeah. yeah. And, like, that's great because that's, to me, group projects are where it's at. But that's the hardest thing to hear to do in LA. Oh, my gosh. Going yes. back to narcissism and you're like, eh. I've got a, I just whip out the test every time I want to work with someone now. Like, it's like, please take this narcissism test before I decide to move <laughs> forward. Oh, my <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I was going to post a joke status update the other day, and then I I was going to say, like, hey, guys, um, I'm going to start yeah. a weekly writing group. <laughs> uh, if you're interested, um, I've reply done that to an email times. once. Yeah. <laughs> stop, slowly stop replying to scheduling emails, and then decide that you don't want to hear. <laughs> we just stop meeting altogether. So... Uh, a little bit more um, specific than that, but the point is, yeah. like, every single time somebody's oh, yeah. like, you want to start a writing group? And people are like, yeah! And then maybe you're lucky if there's one meeting. <laughs> it usually deteriorates before even that. Oh, know? yeah, because I remember uh, back after Buzz Days, I tried, because everybody was always talking about, we should do more sketches, or everybody oh, was wanting God. to get involved. When after Buzz and people wanted to I tried to do a like, sketch group. Like, Phil, let me have the back. And I, like, we had two meetings one, like, and what annoyed me is a lot of people, and this is sort of why, again, going back to narcissism and stepping away from people, is everybody expects you to show up for them, but mm-hmm. they're never there for you. It's just like with getting people to go to shows. That's why I don't do bringer shows, because yeah. it's like, you know, I want to still hang out with these people, but I know they're not going to come. Yeah. And, and if I did, were to ask and they were to not show up, I'd be like, fuck them, because I know me. And, yeah. and it's like one of those things that it's like, we get everybody's busy, but it's like, eh, well, I think Well, I think what, one of yeah. the biggest hindrances in yeah. all of those type of projects, too, are yeah. for, for we all get so excited for an opportunity yeah. that people are like, let's make a web series, and then you're sort of working backwards in that capacity because it's like that's not how the best creative projects start you should be like us two have this you know thing that this specific subject that we are you know we have a super interest in or expansive knowledge in we've been playing we've been doing this joke about that so we turn that into um, you know, we've been, we've been doing this bit inside joke and why don't we start writing, turning that into a sketch. And then once you have a sketch about that and you like it, then turn that, you know what I mean? Like it needs to come from what the creative thing is and then go outward, whether it's going to be a sketch yeah. show at UCB or a web series or whatever. But I'm always like a long time ago when people are just like, let's write a book and like, <sighs> yeah okay about what you know like this is never there's it's 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 you're setting yourself up for failure failure because you just can't go in that direction of like i want to do this 
yeah. huge thing and then try to work inward and it just doesn't work that way. And, and that's why the, the idea that, like, you know, like you say, the writing groups are, like, as I say, I wanted a sketch group. is like, the idea is to try to get a bunch of people who have the same end goal to a degree to make content. And then get enough people to where it's like, okay, we, we want to do this about, you know, shop girls and what bitches they are over here. Or, like, <laughs> we want to do this over here. Because, you know, ideally, in the collective consciousness, you're going to at least find one other person who might want to work on your idea with you. But yeah. if there's only one or two people who show up to your group, then how... And then you've got one girl who just wants you to make her sketch as the only reason she showed up. And yes. it's just like... But it's also not a good sketch. And <laughs> exactly. And then, and, then, and then there are those times yeah. when, and I'm, you know, and I've been oh. uh, guilty of this too, is like, you, you do, you know, come to a group with mm. your sketches that you wrote, and then when people start giving you feedback, yeah. and you're like, well, they don't get it, you know, yeah. no, they, uh, this, this isn't the right fit, because they just don't get it, I'm yeah. not, a, you know, <laughs> like, uh, we all get so sensitive about our, you know, our little baby projects so uh, i know my favorite is when people ask me for advice like or like want me to punch something up and i literally have to say do, do you honestly want my opinion or do you just want me to tell you this is great because it's like yeah you know, like <laughs> i'm not gonna yeah. waste my time reading this and actually giving you notes if you're not going to at least consider it yes. and to me it's one of those things that why are you asking my opinion anyway i mean yeah. i don't want it like michael mccarthy yeah. who moved he 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 was a TV writer for decades mm-hmm. and moved away from Los Angeles. I think he's back in Chicago yeah. now. And I used I took his screenwriting class um, at I.O. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. But um, but it was it was so valuable, and I still use his class syllabus syllabi to this day when I try to embark on writing a you know a new pilot or whatever. But um, one of the things that one of the um, recommendations that I got from him that I definitely think is 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 the way to do it is if you have written whether it's uh well usually like if it's a pilot or a spec script don't send it out to people because most likely they're never going to get around to reading it and they're never going to send it back to you invite whatever three people that you want their opinion on it take them to lunch hand out copies at the table everybody takes the time to read it and then everybody gives feedback all at once and that way like you're all there, you're bouncing ideas, you know, you're bouncing these things off, so if one person doesn't think this thing works, these other two can be like, no, actually, I didn't have a problem with that, it's more, you know, but yeah. ultimately what you're doing in, by doing it that way is you're actually getting responses, whereas if you had just sent that email, you're either not going to hear from your friend again about it, or three months later, you know what I mean? Well, in two, that's a good way, because then I, you know, relate to one of the shows that I loved, you know, when I was growing up a little bit, but, like, uh, House, like, the doctor show, which most people, are, like, forget that it was honestly Sherlock Holmes as a doctor, like, that's why he was House, and Wilson, Watson, yeah, I clever. I it. And it, it, it was honestly a great show, but, like, he's, like, this brilliant mind, always, like, he's the best diagnostician there is, that's why people put up with his fucking attitude. <laughs> but even him, who's as good as he is at what he does he needs a team and that's like honestly like the the ongoing theme for the show is like he hires people like to be a part of his team so he can simply bounce ideas so they can get to the point quicker because even though he is the best person at this job everybody needs somebody to bounce ideas off of so like you know and that's why i'm like i like that idea of like even in two 
you also have to compensate people, whether it's you hire them as your team of doctors to bounce ideas off of, or you just take your friends out to lunch to help you with your screenplay. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think people forget that. Like, um, you know, going to another reference, is like, like Oprah and Dr. Phil. That's one of the few <laughs> relationships that like Oprah continued to foster because it's like uh, as she said Dr. I always refer to the Oprah universe because yeah. I'm not yeah. a comic book person oh, at yeah. all when people talk about DC and Marvel universe so <laughs> yeah. I always like, I talk about the Oprah universe the Dr. Phil's and, and the Dr. Oz's yeah. and the Oprah universe <laughs> yeah so like good like so you know and like Dr. Phil went to the same college I did and I studied under his uh forensic psychology program which oh, wow. was kind of cool like but it's one of those things that it's like... Did you major in psychology? Yeah, that's that's oh, why I wow. do this. Like, Interesting. That's, I even have a grad graduate degree <gasps> in it. No way! Yeah, I know. And I decided... Do you know... Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, taking us good. in another direction. Leah Krinsky is a, a friend of mine, and she is a television writer. She's had you know, has an Emmy. Oh. But um, when TV writing work got slow... Um, she got her degree and became a, um, a therapist. And so that's oh, what she that's does cool. now. And then she yeah. stopped for a little bit cause she got hired at Conan again. And then that, and then, um, uh, got laid off there and, um, became a, got back into therapy and yeah. So there are comedians who, I, uh, I, I've heard of other people too that are doing comedy and being, clinical yeah, <laughs> therapist at the same time. That's the thing, is what I've realized is I wouldn't necessarily have to go back to get, like, and two, as I say, if I'm considering moving, I have to, you know, I'm waiting to see about what licensing. But yeah, it's like, because I have a master's degree in psychology, and while my specialization was in sports, but that's the reason I do this podcast, is like sort of going back to that, and like trying to, it's cognitive behavioral therapy in a way, and who needs it more than comedians? And totally. so it's funny, because, yeah, there was a guy on um, Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, and that's the reason I like that, is often it's, like, psychology people, and he had come out here to be a screenwriter and then wound up being a therapist, yeah. or, like, I'm like, I went the opposite way, mm -hmm. but, but as I say, I always have that in my back pocket. I just need a few uh, classes to get a certification or something here in California. Yeah. But it's one of those things, because it's, like, um... <clears throat> And people forget how much comedy is therapy. And I think that's the reason I chose this over that. And especially because, as I say, I started out in forensics, like, you know, what Bull is on CBS. That's actually based on Dr. Phil's life. And it's, uh, you know, and then I did sports, uh, which I studied CTE long before it was a big thing, guys. Hmm. But it's one of those things that... I always came back to comedy because that's what helped me growing up as a kid, watching Dennis Leary or listening to Adam Carolla or, like, George Carlin or things like that. And it was like, so I could do that. Yeah. But as I say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I grew up watching um, on Saturday, on Saturday yeah. nights, before Saturday Night Live was comic, I think it was called, was it Comic Strip Live, I want to say oh, it was yeah. called? And it was, um, it was... That's how I knew all of the comedians of, like, the early 90s era because that's... That was my... Every Saturday night, I watched stand-up comedians. And I don't even think... I don't even think all through, you know, like, teenage years, you know, childhood or teenage years. I don't think I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I think I just wanted some sort of general blanket. I'm going to be an entertainment actress or something and... Yeah, to me, it's like, 
as an adult, I'm like, man, I guess it makes sense that I chose comedy because I was so into it as a child. Yeah, that was me. Growing up, I even almost went to Northwestern instead of North Texas because I loved Stephen Colbert and I wanted to be Stephen Colbert. But, like, when I got to college, I hated the film program and, like, I had sort of wanted to be, like, a music video director and stuff, too. Like, and it's one of those things that I just, and I enjoyed psychology so much more. So, like, I tried to be, I guess, a normal person, quote, unquote. And then I'm like, but then it's like, nope, it always came back here. <laughs> but, yeah, and luckily there are people like Dr. Phil looking, uh, I'm really good at swinging it back. Uh, <laughs> going back to, like, how Oprah even said, you know, you're the first person to just even give me flowers. And he goes, why like you know we're from the south we know we have fucking manners like (laughs) and it's like but and that's what i've noticed and too for her to say that and him say that on a podcast it was like yeah that's what happens is like yeah how awesome is it someone like oprah with her big brand and like you know she helped him sort of develop the show and everything after um he you know was her jury consultant on uh when she was being sued and um oh is that how they met yeah Wow, that's not a meet cute. Wow, no. they I didn't know that. And so she yeah. she just hit he he made such an impression on her. She was like, I need to give you a platform to reach more people. Yeah, and that was sort of the thing is like because, you know, what like coaching her up and she's like, You were straight up honest with me. You didn't try to cheat me with the kid gloves because I'm fucking Oprah. Mm-hmm. And it was just or she probably didn't drop an F bomb, but maybe. <laughs> um but yeah, it's one of those I'm fucking Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that Oprah does that. I'm fucking Oprah. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's one of those things that. That's know, what she says yeah. to herself in the mirror every yeah. morning. She, Girl, you got this. I'm fucking Oprah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm just imagining that. And I'm like, that makes me smile. But yeah. yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, he made this impression on her by being just straight up honest and really helping her with her case. And then so she had him on the show. And, you know, Dr. Phil is a great personality, and he he just tells it like it is, and, you know, I know some people like to point out, well, he's no longer licensed. It's like, yeah, but, like, it's not like he lost his license for doing anything, like, bad. He just didn't really re-up, and it's one of those things that, at this point, why bother? Hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he was the first, she goes, you're the first person to, like, give me flowers. And, and then he's like, why would people not do that? Like, you brought me on your show now. And he was like, gave her a big, you know, thank you bouquet after his first book and all this. Because, you know, the Oprah seal of approval does so much for you. Yeah. But, it, like, that just spoke to me as, like, you know, those of us who do think about doing the right thing, you know, eventually, you know, we get to be Dr. Phil or whatever it is. But there's so many people here that you're like why didn't they get another buy-in at the apple um as they like to say or this and it's like because they didn't thank people and they didn't like give back at all like because jimmy kimmel gives back like yeah. that's the reason he has what he has and like that's what this is about yeah and even if giving back is just sort of talking about your own struggles and in, in turn helping people but yeah you know if it's all about you it's I, i've been be doing long. this thing where i'll send if if somebody pops into my head for yeah. any reason I'll just send them a little message that's like, hey, I just I just thought about you and I remembered when we had this conversation. And anyway, just, just saying hi, you know, or just like, you know, checking in on somebody that I know had a hard time, like even a year ago, but just mm-hmm. like sending a little message. And I'm probably doing it for me. It makes me feel good. I even recently, like this dude that I dated on, on the Hinge app, I like, uh, I, we, I think we, with unspoken, we mutually decided like, yeah, I think that yeah. was that was that. Now we're done. And but before I 
just to keep my like list clean, I was gonna unmatch him. And I, before I did that, I was like, no, you know, I want to send him a little message, just saying like, hey, I had a great time, and I think you're awesome, and I'm going to unmatch us now. But I couldn't just do it without yeah. sending a little message. You like, know? yeah, you know what? Yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. And to me, that's nice. And as I'll say, there are certain times where like nothing is sometimes saying nothing is better than than saying something. Just you know, as I say, you have to work with people's personalities. But it is one of those things that, like, gratitude gets you a lot further than attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And my mantra right now that I, oh, I get so irritated how many times I have to remind people of this, but kindness does not mean weakness. Like, do not mistake kindness for weakness because I, I am a very kind person, but... I don't even have weak in my genetic makeup. Like, that yeah. is just not me at all. And so I, I get so frustrated at people who assume because you're a nice person means that I can trample all over you. And, you know. Yeah, and as I've said, I know a lot of people like to think that L.A. or, you know, places like this are a little bit worse. I said, no. People suck everywhere, guys. Just <laughs> I say that here. all the time, too. Like, pe- there's just more yes. people here. But people, okay, whenever yeah. anybody's like, oh, people yeah. in L.A. are so fake, I'm like, are because ever e- every, everybody <laughs> everywhere else is just you know a hundred percent genuine. Like what yeah. what 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 world did you live in where that's the case? You know, like yeah, I, the South people like bless your heart just means fuck you guys. <laughs> did y'all not know that? Like <laughs> it's just so it's it's so funny. To, I'm I'm always just like there's so many pockets of LA. You cannot possibly yeah. be like everybody here is blank because yeah. that's just. No, that's you're wrong. Yeah, as I say, like, yeah, especially you know the the more further we've seen, you know, the more globalized we've become, we just realize that most people are just kind of crappier. <laughs> so just like find your tribe and just Look, be kind. All like, we're saying is everything yeah. is awful and no. everybody sucks and yeah. people are terrible. So you know, just yeah. I was you, like, wait, we're just well, doing what we, what we can. I'm like, well, that's the opposite of what this podcast. Is. I, <laughs> I know. Do, I, I know. I was like, I was like, I was gonna go in that. Everybody sucks. So like, just find your own tribe. <laughs> The other thing uh, in, the, in the positivity is that I, I as I've been on the uh, the dating apps and been like, you know, going going you know meeting somebody at a bar or something like that, I'm like, man, I just love people. Like somebody can be completely boring, and I I feel like I have a good skill of finding the interesting thing about somebody. Yeah. Like like I could I if I could toot my own horn about something, I think it's that I could talk to anybody. Like I, I people are interesting and you just have to be patient. I do a lot of volunteer work at the um, Hollywood American Legion and I run my, my, my comedy show that I've been it's been going on for like three and a half years now at the Hollywood American Legion and yeah, I went to the Santa um, Cruz Diet premiere there a few weeks ago. What oh, a great venue. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. I, I was actually there earlier doing something and I was like, Man, I wanna give to I give tours there when they yeah. need it for events, but um, I also wanna I'm like can I somehow monetize that I can just take people? I'm thinking of trying to figure out a way to like give give Hollywood tours because I just love the yeah. history so much. But anyway, um, my point is that there's so many. I have so many like these old, um, like like Vietnam vet dudes who I've I've had such amazing like they'll tell me amazing stories while we're like sitting at the bar at you know uh, ten o'clock on a Monday night, but. 
I have to wade through a lot of stories about varnishing the deck and picking out a fixture for the new the bathroom renovation. You gotta wade through a lot of shit and before me, somebody be tells you what it's uh, <laughs> for me I'd be interested in that. I like I love yeah. decorating and home, home <laughs> renovation, so I'm like, ooh, that'd be yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or just, you know, whatever. Uh how long, you know, you had to wait, whatever the boring thing. You have to wade sometimes with all people, you have to wade through a lot. Before you get to the good stuff. Yeah. And, and it's good that you have patience because <laughs> I honestly prided myself on being a somewhat patient person for a long time. But I feel like the older I get, the less patient I am about certain things. But it's one of those things that I, I do try, like like you say, you're good at of like trying to find the best in people. <laughs> like cause sometimes it's really just that. You're like trying to be patient and you're like... Okay, maybe maybe this is why they do this or like And especially I don't know if you feel this yeah. way, but like a lot of comedians I feel write people off to we yeah. are comedians, our minds work in a more sort of analytical way, I yeah. think, and that's why you know, we can find humor in things and so sometimes I feel like the downside of that is that you if a situation is not immediately entertaining, you, people write it off too fast. And and I feel like we're, we're depriving ourselves of an experience by doing that. Cause like, I feel like a lot of comedians, like, if somebody is not completely entertaining you within the first 30 seconds, they're, they check out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm guilty of that sometimes. I'm like, God, they're so basic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, when liquid... Mm, I don't know if I should say it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid Feet did, uh-huh. did a project with, um, we did a project one time, and we became friends with this other group of people who are not, they're sort of tangentially in entertainment, but we, we follow them, you know, we follow, we became social media friends, and so, you know, for, for a few years now, we follow them on social media, and they're comedically basic like com- like it's almost like they're doing a parody of what a basic Instagram account is with oh, the crap. like I, so my idea wasn't original because on Instagram I do a character every week do you, you like that is basic Betty oh I have to and, follow you immediately yeah because I'm like uh, like and I even did one this last week of basic Betty is woke and it's like everything on this channel is literally something someone else said. Like, that's the most basic thing you could be. Because it really is, like, because I have friends that are basic, and I go and read their Twitter, or, like, shit they say, and I'm like, or even sometimes that I'm like, that was a basic thing to say, or even, yeah. like, if, uh, I've yeah. said it. One like, of them, astrology, oh. super basic, guys, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one of, one of, one of these people that I'm talking about, she's super hot and and recently had a baby and like throughout her pregnancy she was doing the like posted posted pregnancy pics but every single like you know as the belly grew although her belly like she's one of these people that was probably in like month seven and you really couldn't even tell she was pregnant but like she would post these like just sexy like arched back like Baby, hashtag baby bump kit and oh my gosh her oh. her husband she would do these like apparently kiss the bump is a hashtag where like oh, wow. like um she would she would post these photos of kiss the bump where her husband is like kissing her pregnant belly but like something about the photo I was like I can tell that this was like the 30th snap of this photo you were like <sighs> Jason, you're still not, no, don't, don't pose like that, like, turn this way, okay, do it again, okay, do it again, okay, do it again, (laughs) it's just like, I'm obsessed with their, I'm obsessed with their Instagram feed. Yeah, that's, that's funny, because, too, they're sort of owning it as basic, because, let's just face it, like, 
I'm not usually into like colloquialisms like that, but I love basic because to me, I'm like, finally, I have a word to describe that behavior. Yeah. And it is one of those things that it's like, because the idea of my character is sort of calling it out, but I know so many quote-unquote basic bitches that they don't know they're basic. They honestly think, think they're oh, they're no. a manic pixie dream girl, oh. and you're and and they don't get the joke. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, you basic. <laughs> like, like, there is nothing that interesting about you. I'm sorry, like, like or at least not that you're showing us. As uh, I say, yeah, there might be something, but not that you're showing us. It's like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're going to tell me what sign I am and what that means. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hashtag kiss the bump. I yeah, want to post. I'm gonna, I'm and that seems a... so self-aware. That's yeah. why I'm like, I like that. Oh, no, that's no, funny. no. This yeah. was, like, I want to do a parody of oh, yeah. hashtag kiss cool. the bump that's yeah, a joke. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, like, one night when I've had too many beers, I'll just have somebody, like, kiss my beer belly, kiss the bump. But, like, oh, that's cute. Or whatever. Oh, the thing. Well, I won't. The, uh, anyway, but. Um, I love beer, so that's a good idea. But. No, the 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 one that I'm talking about, the kiss the bump photos, yeah. that, that was a hundred percent sincere. She's oh. she's she's the that's yeah. She wasn't self aware that. Oh, that's absolutely funny. not. Oh. Absolutely not. Those sexy baby <laughs> see how oh, my yeah. belly's growing photos? No. She, Very she Kardashian was not, then. Oh. not at all aware. Oh. And she's never gonna listen, so <laughs> it's okay that I say that. I <laughs> know oh, there are some times where it's like, but apparently some of my family members who I love to talk shit about, which is true, have started listening to this, and it's just like, well, this has been going on a year, and I've been shit talking to you for longer than that, <laughs> so like, not like you didn't know. <laughs> hey, you just got me another listen. <laughs> But that is funny. Yeah, I I would like that picture if if you did the kiss the bump with the beer belly. Now I'm like, damn, I wish I thought of that. There's uh, there's a I want to pair there's an idea I have to parody the all the super bloom photos, but I can't oh, yeah. I can't find the the scenario. I've been cuz like I I live in the heart of Hollywood like and and all of the bullshit in the and Yeah, I so used many. to live over there, which I like to a degree, but just moving just over the hill. Mm-hmm. So World of difference. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, I live just over the hill. Thank God. But I have like, um, in like the parking lot next to me, there's like, um, I have my local homeless people and I know them by mm-hmm. name and stuff like that. But there is an area in this one back parking lot where the, the, because that's where a lot of homeless people sleep and stuff, the grassy area is just completely filled with trash always. And so oh. I keep going back there because I want to do... Like a floppy hat, super bloom photo, yeah. but like surrounded by garbage and being yeah. like, it's Hollywood in bloom. But um, every time I go back there, it's like they've just done a sweep. <laughs> so I'm like, I need this for my social. I need this for my socials. Stop cleaning up Hollywood. <laughs> I know. It is funny because like they're. And honestly, the dirt just moves around here because the two years I lived in Hollywood there at Sunset and Fuller, which there was in that little, you know, the urban ramen little parking lot, there was a homeless guy. The homeless guy who slept next to the watch store, honestly, they liked him there too because he would kind of protect it. Like, dude, Mm. nervous problem, give him some food. Like, (laughs) I was like, I like that guy. Like, he leaves you alone, he protects the watch place, we good. (laughs) But yeah, it's one of those things that that area was like cleaner then then it got dirty but now you're saying they're cleaning it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it goes through phases yeah. weekly of of when they come through and i feel like they always tend to do a homeless sweep right before the census starts because oh, like yeah. yeah anyway oh boy we can't go into <laughs> oh i know because <laughs> it's like problem. The, the sad thing is is 
we really do have the worst homeless problem here in LA. That is 100% true. Mm -hmm. But it's so much more a complex issue. And coming from a city like Dallas, who actually does a really good job with their homelessness, because I, I know my dad was homeless in Dallas for a while. Oh, wow. And, it, and, he, and he says, he's like, you know, I, I never missed a meal. Like, there's plenty of places to go, and, and it is what it is. But here in L.A., it's so sad because, like, you'd think it would be better for people here, and it's really not. Like, they, when I lived in Santa Monica, and that was why I left the West Side pretty quickly. Once my lease was out, I'm like, this is horrible. They mm -hmm. would just dump people out, like, at um, this church on Lincoln Avenue. Yeah. And it's just like, and they would take them from Beverly Hills and West Hollywood. Oh, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Dump and them they out do that. Santa and Monica. sometimes they bring them to Nevada and stuff like that. Actually, yeah. when I was on my way here, waiting for the bus on Hollywood Boulevard on my way here today, this guy, the boulevard's pretty crowded. And I'm also annoyed that, like, so many street vendors have set up their tables, like, exact, like, I'm not against street vendors no. by all means, but they lately have been putting them like right where, um, like on the lip where like a wheelchair would, where it's like yeah. lower and a wheelchair would come through, or right Which at the bus you stop. Can't do that. Yeah, yeah, or right at the bus stop where where I need to stand in order to like wave, like let the bus know like I'm here, or you know anything like that. Yeah. But anyway, so because of where the tables were all placed, I had to kind of stand back towards this McDonald's, and so this kind of like homeless kid comes up. And, and stands next to me and then just faces the wall. And I'm like, what's this crazy? And then I realize he's like shoulder to shoulder with me. And I realize oh, wow. he's taking a piss. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had to like jump. It's like, oh, God. Give me, hey, say something, buddy. Mm -hmm. You know, like, just, you say excuse me. Can I pee where you're standing? You know? To me, one of the worst examples of that and just how differently L.A. deals with shit it was like, I was once getting a ticket for having my phone in my hand at a stoplight. Mm. Having a phone in my hand at a stoplight. Next to me, at the bus stop, is a homeless guy literally taking a crap. And there's <laughs> kids and people all around. And I'm like, you're giving me hey, a yeah. <laughs> Let's prioritize here for a second, I'm like, guys. hold the phone. I think this is more egregious. I'm at a stoplight. <laughs> like, if I was driving, I might have I was taking a, a photo of that yeah. guy taking a dump right there. Oh, I so did take a picture of that while he was, the cop was there. Oh, and I'm man. like, eh, let's just see. <laughs> and it is one of those things that it's just like, could, could we not do better? I mean, Garcetti is a useless fuck, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got his problems. Well, there's, like you said, it's so complicated yeah. that there's, there's not, the wrong thing to do is to look for one solution because there's not. It's a very complicated issue. Yeah. I'm all for you lowering the cost of housing and providing housing because mm -hmm. there already is a lot of vacant buildings the city owns that they could easily turn into Absolutely. Housing. Did you and, see, um, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, but the primary issue is mental illness. And yeah. whether that's drug addiction or not, I mean, because that is encompassing in that. But it is one of those things that that you have to treat the illness first. Because yeah. people aren't going to want to... I mean, these people don't want to go in these houses. Like, that's they part don't, of the problem. A lot of yeah. times, it's more, especially for women, it's more dangerous. Yeah. Or, you know, they'll have their... A, a big problem with that, as far as, like, not accepting shelter when it's available is mm -hmm. that a lot of them don't accept animals and they do not yeah. want to get their dog is all they have and they don't want to you know get rid of they 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 can't just leave their dog um share i think it was today or yesterday share mm -hmm. tweeted i'm all for sanctuary cities but let's clean up our own city and donald trump retweeted it and yeah. said for once i agree with share did you see that <laughs> 
notes. But I was okay. like, I was like, did Cher's yeah. account get hacked? Because she yeah. posted this stuff about like, we need to look, you know, with 50,000 homeless people, we yeah. need to take care of ourselves, which is true. But it, it just seemed a little, it, 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 the tone of it, I was like, I feel like her account was being hacked. I don't know if that's going to come out. But anyway, one well, of the things that she said is yeah. she's like, all these homeless people, including veterans, and that drives me crazy. Like I said, as, as I do a lot, I'm, I'm um, hooked into a little bit of the veteran community. And yeah. what drives me crazy when people immediately lean on vets as far as the homeless population is because... At least it's different from state to state, but the state of of, of California, ho- homeless housing is available to a veteran yeah. immediately. They have to follow certain criteria, and that's usually the problem. And it's um, they have to you know uh, agree to um, drug counseling, yeah. and and sometimes it's the animal thing, and sometimes it's a matter of. I'm a veteran, but I do not have any way to prove it right now. So somebody will be like, okay, well, I need you to go to the Social Security Administration and get this It's not as easy as people think. It's just not as easy as people think. But when people are immediately like, homeless people, uh, immigrants get housing benefits and homeless and veterans don't, that's a problem. It's like, that is incorrect. That is absolutely incorrect. Veterans have housing available to them immediately. Yeah, well, and too, as I say, I see Cher's point, as I say, it's a tweet, so her whole sentiment obviously isn't there, and it is one of those things, but like you say, because I think people forget, like, the Salvation Army is everywhere. As I say, my dad was homeless, you know, and that is one of the main things about the Salvation Army, is you can't test positive for drugs. Mm-hmm. And that and that's why, like, Dr. Drew talks about the homeless situation, and that's why we've had the plague outbreak here in L.A., with, like, the pneumonic and bubonic plague we've had a lot of cases here because of all the you know the crabbing on the streets and the rats and things like that that are a symptom of all this mm-hmm. but as i say it's not an easy solution and it's like yes i i do agree with this sentiment of we do have a lot of problems like with people who are citizens like that we need to handle but that's not to say that once you know we have resources we can allocate to other things we too. have resources it, and it's one of those things that Yes, we do need to get a handle on each situation, but, I mean, uh, people are going to come to America. They've been doing that since <laughs> forever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we have, the, the no. like you said, the point is we have resources. I when, when people make the argument, we can't do this thing because we need to focus on this thing, like, that's yeah. so, to me, that's such an arbitrary argument. It's yeah. like, we can't save the planet because people are dying of AIDS. And it's mm-hmm. like, to me, you know, that makes no sense. But also that, it, to me, that makes as much sense as what Cher said. We can't yeah. take in, you know, migrant families because we need to focus on our own people. Yes, both of those things are true. That doesn't mean we can't do yeah. one because of the other. We can fix, we can help both of those things, you yeah. know? It's like, every, as I say, everything always kind of comes back down to balance. It's like, both of these things are an issue. And, but the thing is, is like, to me, if we get immigrants into the country and get them citizenship and get them paying, ta- working and paying taxes, it's like, then therefore we have more money to bring more resources. It's like, guys, that's how the economy works. Mm-hmm. And, but I will say, this is one thing, you know, and again, probably the baby boomers did this too. I'm like, most of our generation doesn't understand that that's how the economy works. It's like, you know, we all are putting in together so that we can then help right. other people. Like, right. and, you know, it all kind of, if, if we do it like we should, it should balance out. But, yep. yeah. 
Because to me, it's like, yeah, if people want to come to this country and work, isn't that great? Like, meanwhile, I'm the person yeah. who, like, as soon yeah. as a new comedian yeah. comes in from another city and I'm and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm still getting used to it. Like, you know, you should you should stay where you are. You're making money there and you don't really love it here. Mm-hmm. You should, you know, maybe maybe move back to where you're from. <laughs> that's what I, that's yeah. been my thing lately in comedy with uh, with comedians coming from other places and they don't like it here. I'm always just like, you know, you can go home. You yeah. don't have to stay here. I know. Even I'm like, eh, I'm thinking about moving to Austin. There wasn't much of a scene when I came out here, but now there is, and I'm like, eh, it's cheaper. And all the hot dudes live there, so it's like, whatever. <laughs> like, that's that's what's really important, guys, is, uh, you know, where do the hot guys live? Where Canada or Austin? Where do the hot guys live? Where do the hot guys live? Canada or Austin to me, but that's just because my type. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding a lot on Hinge. Yeah. I keep mentioning the dating apps, but that's kind yeah. of what con- that's what's consuming a lot of my brain space these days. I'm like, it's funny. If someone who loves apps to get food or you know weed or whatever it is, I don't like tick on demand. I will mm-hmm. say, like, and that's just what I call the dating apps because it <laughs> sort of is what it is. Because I, I Hinge was the only one I've ever really downloaded and looked at. Because mm-hmm. I remember one time I opened Tinder and I was like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, fuck this. Hinge, there was a few that I'm like, well, he's cute. He's Canadian. And then, but two, it's like most of the ones that you're like, I, you know, you're just like, hey, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was very much like, okay, now I'm done. Like, yeah. I, I don't like that. Uh, I guess because it's new to me. Well, yeah. it's fairly new to me because like I've only ever, boyfriends I've only ever met in real life. And then, um, about, uh, I guess like a little less than a year ago, I dove into the world of, because uh, everybody's doing it now. For the first, yeah, because yeah, I started to feel like yeah. a weirdo because I was the only one who had never done, you know, the apps before. And so I was like, I feel like I, I feel like an old person for not knowing, you know, the lingo and stuff like that. So I started, I did Tinder for a while and then somebody recommended Hinge. So I switched, I deleted Tinder and then I got on Hinge. And I feel like it's, this, a lot of people have been saying like, oh, Hinge is so much better. But I feel like yeah. they're all the same. I don't know. And that was sort of what I realized because I was like, somebody I knew was using Hinge. And I'm like, with Hinge, it's at least that it's somebody you might know, like to a degree, because that's how it figures, you know, the algorithm of people. Like it's, I think it's doing this like, thing for me right now yeah. where I liked because it asks you after you actually go out on a date with somebody it's like would you see this person again and your answers are hidden yeah. from so you don't know what they say but it it just asks you that for the sake of can when it recommends more people to you and hmm. right now like somebody that I was like yeah I'd go out with them again and I guess they they didn't with me but anyway they were like five foot seven mm-hmm. and so now I'm only getting like oh so the app is like well clearly you like guys who are five foot seven, so here's only guys who are five foot seven. Oh, that's not a very good algorithm. It's funny. Like I remember, I didn't even realize you could set the age and height requirements because it's funny because I'm like thirty five and up and six foot and up. I am a very you know, but but I'm one of those people that it's like I kind. I know what I want, um, and so, like, I'm like, nope, 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 and, and that's what I kind of hated about the dating, like, app, because I'm like, again, these people might be great in person, you might have chemistry, because I'm a little bit, I love, I mean, this whole thing is, like, yellow umbrella, how I met your mother, I'm very much a romantic person, Uh like, uh, just by being basically a fucking bro, (laughs) but, (laughs) 
my god, it's one of those things that I'm like, I just, I, I didn't like doing that to people too. I'm like, I felt guilty. I'm like, well, they might be not, but then I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to go out with them, so I'm like, I don't want to like them, but I don't, I feel bad. Like, yeah. Also, like, I'm um, not, I'm not looking no. for like the one, like the relationship. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't, I, I hear what you're saying. I did yeah. feel a little bad of like, maybe I'm swiping on somebody that I really get, but I'm like, that's not. And And see, that's the difference in me and you. And I'm like, and that's the thing. The people that I find that like it are the people that are like, I'm not really looking for anything serious. It's fun. Yeah. And I'm not looking. And I'm I'm not not looking for anything serious either. I just don't. It's undefined. And so I think that's why I'm enjoying the apps right now because I'm just like, whatever. I'm just here for the party. Yeah, and, and that's what they they're for. And some people have you know made great relationships out. I mean. One of the few good father figures we had growing up was my friend's stepdad, and, and he and his uh, mom, like, met online before it was cool. And oh, we were wow. like, but Rick's the best. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I know a lot yeah. of people who met, yeah, met on yeah. apps. I even know people who have been married from meeting on Tinder. Yeah. Like, that's not that unusual yeah. anymore. I've heard about cute little wedding parties where they're like, I swiped right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'm like, it, it, anything can move into that direction, but I'm just like, I'm one of them, as I say. Yeah. I watch my stupid romantic comedies. And... <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the Hallmark Channel kind of movies? Do you like those? No, the, like, those are funny. Like, if, if I like an actor, I might, who's in it, I might go. Or somebody that I know, because a lot of them mm. are soap opera people, so I, and, mm. and, um. and I'm like, so I'll watch that. But I'm more like the, you know, absurdist, like, How I Met Your Mother, or like, Mindy Project type. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. I loved Mindy. Because what I liked about Mindy is that she was unapologetically like that. And and to so many females sometimes in writing these days are trying to be anti that. And I was like, no, because let's face it, all of us are fucking marshmallows on the inside. <laughs> Even Veronica Mars was a marshmallow. <laughs> Yeah. And so that was what I liked. I was like, oh, it is a romantic comedy. <laughs> Just a more realistic one with many projects. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. But cool. I'm like, oh, we've had such a good time talking. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about the... Man, the bri- we hit... We the, hit I yeah. feel like we hit so many topics. We hit a yeah. lot of signposts. Um, is there anything that I want to plug? Is that what you said? Um, yeah. Um, what do I want to plug? I do have well this I have a show I have my show at the the Art Deco Comedy Hour that's Friday uh April 19th so I doubt this will be ready by then but um just follow Art Deco Comedy Hour on Facebook um you can follow my YouTube oh so speaking of all the blindness stuff I'm going to start doing um on on just on my YouTube channel just hey Tamara if you just find me on H E Y T-A-M-R-A, my YouTube channel. I'm just going to start doing, because um, there's like a, a low vision community of mm-hmm. people who just do the like daily vlogs of just saying like, this is what, this is what happened today and this is why I, um, you know, this is, this is what I dealt with today. And I actually want to start doing those talks, speaking of basic people, but like mm-hmm. I, I want to start doing it because I feel like they will help me mine, mine material for for stand-up, for, com- for my comedy, so. And, and to me, that serves a purpose. It's, A, helping a community, and like you say, it's mining, you know, for stand-up bits and things like that, because that's what I've found, like, you know, creating that character. And two, I found, like, I used to hate blogging, because I'm like, uh, even though I do a podcast and do stand-up, I just, 
I'm not the type of person that thinks someone cares what I think about every little thing. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't score that high on the narcissism test. But it's one of those things that I'm like, but if I do it in the character, it's funnier. Or like, yes, as you said, yeah. yours has a purpose, so like that's good. You're like, wanting to, like and I'm like, no, it's just not like, oh my god, I have a cheeseburger oh, today. Hey guys. Like, oh. It's me again. Um, What did I want to talk about today? Oh, get to the point. Yeah. yeah. So you get it. Yeah. But yeah, and where can they find you on social media if they want to follow you? You can, hey Tamara on okay. everything. So, hey Tamara on YouTube. Hey Tamara on Instagram. Hey Tamara underscore on Twitter. Oh, wow. I love Twitter because I have a check mark on there. <gasps> Bragging. I know. Well, I'm just like, Instagram will never do it. Bastards. <laughs> but um, since you guys know that, but you can still, you know, find me anywhere on the internet at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N since there is only one. And I'll see you next Tuesday. Tired of nagging yourself to get a website for your artistic career already? Radportfolios.com creates affordable custom websites for artists. Use code BRIGHTSIDE. That's one word for half off your website startup. Radportfolios.com so you can get back to getting booked.